Welcome to Australian Hunger, I am your host Ben. On today's show, I had a conversation with Mark from Blind Girls, a Gold Coast band, Screamo band I guess you'd call them, I think you know, there's a little bit more going on there, but yeah, definitely can fall within that category, so that coming up in a little bit. But for the moment, let me get something off my chest. Monday was April 1st, which is April Fool's Day, and all the media companies, because they're apparently can't, not doing anything else, they're bored thought it was really important to do April Fools and do lame shit like write pointless articles which no one's surprised by. So various metal news websites had articles, you know, joke headlines and articles which said that the new Tool album was 37 minutes of crickets or Slayer was cancelling retirement plans or Joey Jordanson was rejoining Slipknot and this is it's fucking lame stop doing it this isn't just the metal news websites it's all the news websites like if no one is fooled because everyone knows that media companies release stupid shit on April 1st if no one's fooled what's the point the point of a prank is to fool someone so if their person isn't surprised it's not a prank it's pointless the only exception to this is Metal Archives. They can do no wrong. I say that because they generally have an approach which is at least mildly interesting. They changed their website on April 1st to the Good Metal Archives and that included about 600 bands, which was interesting because I think it sort of says something. It says a, a, a few things. It says that a lot of the bands in the Metal Archives are you know not not good or no one cares about, and that's that's fine. That's just the nature of the thing. But also, it says something interesting about the fact that you know you can kind of list the the bands you like. And it was an interesting experience to go through some of their pages and say, "Hang on, is some of the bands I like on there?" Uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's something interesting. You know, it, it gave you something to do. They're not under the impression that anyone's fooled by this. But the experience at least has some sort of... I don't know, it, it occupies you at least for a period of time. It doesn't just make you groan, which the rest of them did. So I talked to Mark Rant, the bassist for Gold Ghost Band, Blind Girls. Their album Residue is out now. Um, they're going to be touring in support of Pagan. Actually, I've talked to Pagan twice in the past. but um, So they'll be playing in Melbourne on the 19th of April, Geelong on the 20th, Brisbane on the 26th, Gold Coast on the 27th, Byron Bay on the 28th, Wollongong on the 2nd, Sydney on the 4th. And they're also going to be playing another show in Canberra on the 3rd. The songs I played during the interview are Breaths, Exertion, and Discarded Picture. This is Mark Grant from Blind Girls. Let's go back to the start. When did the band begin? How did the band begin? Uh, the band started with um, myself um, and Ben Smith, who's on drums, and Liam Chris, who's on guitar. Um, we we went all went to like high school together but um so after that we'd be doing just like regular like hardcore bands so in about 2013 we started probably blind girls around then um just made like a demo at first and then did a few shows we had quite a few lineup changes as well but yeah pretty much just around 2013 we started out now, one of the things that kind of interested me, um, sort of going back to the earlier material and then sort of perusing some stuff, is that you initially were a four-piece. Talk a little bit about yeah. how you became a five-piece and why. Um, well, just as a as a yeah, as a four-piece, um, we we had our friend Shani who was wanting to start like a screamo band. 
and we figured it would it would be kind of the same um, the same members in that anyway. And I think Ben just had the had the thought of maybe just getting her to join. So then, you know, no one there out of the original like four of us, no one like left. We just added added Shani on as as vocalists. Um, it was just oh, we just thought it was a good a good idea, I guess, and I think it's working out. So. Now, I was, I was trying to nail this down, but, uh, you know, it can be a little bit difficult. Who exactly was the vocalist for the uh, first three EPs, I think it was? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All good. Um, well, on the um, – for Efflorescence, it was it was all Liam. He was the main vocalist, um, Liam Cruz. So he was, yeah, playing guitar and doing vocals for the for Efflorescence and the He Who Swallowed the Bloom 7 and then the Sans Visage split as well. Where did the name of the band come from, Blind Girls? Um, it was it was just one that I, I I'd written down. We had a big list. I can't I can't really remember what how it how it came about, honestly. I, I think we liked the band like Some Girls and I thought that was like a that's like a cool band. I thought that was like a good name and then but that was just one on a list that we had and then you know, we're kind of struggling to like find a name. That was just the one we kind of we just went with, I guess. So you released a split with Sans Visage from Japan. How did you hook up yeah. with those guys? Uh, well, Shani, before she was in the band, she was she went over to Japan um, just on like a holiday. She really like she really likes it over there, and then she went to a few shows, and I think um, she just met like like minded people that were into um, like screamo and stuff. And yeah, ran into them, and then she also met someone who was uh, ran like a distro or like a, a it's kind of like a promoter, and um, he was just putting yeah putting on shows over there. And so Shiny showed them like Blind Girls and stuff, and was like, oh, um, wanted us to come over for originally just like a show, and we thought, oh yeah, we'll just go over for like a holiday. But then he ended up sort they ended up sorting like a whole tour. So I was just meeting through some of the friends that Shiny made when she was on holiday in Japan. That's really, really exciting. That's really, yeah. really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're very, we're very um, fond of, of them. Like they're great friends of ours um, that, you know, the first tour that we did in um, 2015 with them was, yeah, it was just amazing. So th- this album, you released a few EPs, mm-hmm. the split. When did you start working on this particular record? Oh, yeah, it it did take a little while. I think we may, after we finished, so I think it was 20, 2017 was the Sans Visage split. So we had the tour and I think we spent about a year and a half maybe writing. And um, yeah, about, a, about a year and a half. And so right, just, just writing a recording. We had a lot... Um, a few of us play in other bands as well. So there was, that could have been another thing that kind of made it take a little while, but yeah, so about a year and a half. So probably, probably mid, mid, um, or early 2018, we started really cracking down and writing. Yeah. So in general, like how did you approach this album? It was sort of your, uh, a bigger album than you'd previously done yeah how, how did you approach that why, why did you chose to say um you know go the sort of full length with this one? Oh, we just i guess we thought it was it was um 
time it made sense like you know time to do I guess something a bit bigger and um I guess push push ourselves to just create the um like a bigger batch of songs rather than just doing another just another seven or another split um it just made really made sense to to do an album this time um yeah I guess just yeah timing and I mean if we wanted to be do something serious that would last and to me like a seven just a seven inch or like an ep would feel kind of just like disposable i feel like this would really kind of i guess in a way make our make our mark and it's of course it's like for every band it's like you gotta have an album that's so like a i just the goal now, talk a little bit about how the band actually sort of puts together this material uh well normally um ben or julian are quite they're pretty proficient with coming with with ideas for it so normally well ben ben's a fantastic drummer and he will normally come in we'll meet up for like a jam and he will have like just it might be like one part one initial part or a way to get out of that part that and it's kind of then we just kind of work out that part then work out a way to maybe get out of that or if there's a way to come into it so it's basically just either normally it's either julian Julian or Ben that will have like a riff or a drum part and then sometimes like Liam Liam as well so it's just the first initial part that would be brought in and then the band kind of just jams over it and kind of really hones in on each specific instrument or part to really make it um or link together and fit together and gel because it's quite a lot I guess there's quite a lot going on so there's a lot of um you know, it's like everything is kind of under the microscope and, and really worked on quite hard in de- like just detail to make sure it all fits and has a specific sound. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, that, that's kind of interesting um, to sort of expanding on a drum part because usually, yeah, yeah. Or basically whenever I talk to someone, they're like, I have a riff or someone in the band has a riff and then we go from there. Talk a little bit how it works getting from a drum part to a, to a fuller song. Um, for, for me, what, when Ben's playing, I, I like to be able to see him while he plays as well. So I guess, you know, he's right in front of me when I'm playing, so I can see when he's, say if he's hitting like his, uh, like a, a certain symbol, like a ride or like his crash, that's when I'll play a, a specific note or, and that's kind of how we might make a fill or something. Um, it's. I think we're quite a, a rhythmic band, um, so it's you know if we weren't if if everything wasn't gelling, it would just sound like a fucking complete mess. Like so, it's really working around Ben and what Ben's doing is I think that's what makes I think makes the songs be able to be pushed pretty hard and be extreme music i think when bands have like a, a good drummer they're um get able to to really um make extreme stuff <laughs> so so uh, sort of pushing that forward a little bit more mm. in terms of you specifically and your bass parts of the song how, how does that work for you? you you sort of mentioned a little bit about your approach but like expand on that a little bit more how do you kind of approach that what what, what role do you feel you sort of fulfill within the landscape uh, of a song i guess with with bass it's um 
trying to make make a part my bass part I'd like it to if it can bring some emotion emotion to the part to the part I like I look for that and if the part can be my riff to could if it could make the part resolve or um sometimes sometimes I have to keep it simple I wouldn't say I'm someone that would like to be shredding over it um but kind of to I'd like to think that it, it can bring an, an emotion and um just maybe to to not to not cloud everything up too much I think to really kind of keep it um to lock it down I guess as like I guess it's like typical for bass but to hold it down I guess is a thing as well but when I can I guess do like a, a, a cool feel or something but um yeah just to make the song move and the parts to link as well something I focus on One of the songs that sort of stuck out to me is Visitant, being an instrumental song. I'm not sure if you've had instrumental songs before. Um, yeah. If you, can, mm. if you can talk about that one in particular. Well, that was... Ben had... Ben played that, like, the, like, snare, the snare intro thing. And I wasn't... I can't remember whether he wanted it to be a complete song or anything like that or become... I think it was just something we had. I don't think we really, we just thought it sounded, I think it just sounded cool as, as just what it was. It didn't seem like it needed to, to, you know, to build up into like some, a blast beat bit or something like that. Um, I just think sometimes, sometimes we do occasionally have um, little like instrumental parts, but this is the first, I guess it's the first instrumental, proper instrumental song that will have like a name and its own track and everything. Um, anyway, I just think it's a, it's just a link and kind of a, a break from uh, just the regular kind of sounds from our songs. Mm-hmm. Sort of in the way that, you know, that instrumental part can play a role in a song it sort of plays that way in the album. Yeah. Yeah. This is kind of a silly question, but like, I, I think it's kind of interesting so you guys play generally short songs, less than three minutes. Mm-hmm. You know that's kind of the nature of the music. But like, what, what what kind of attracts you to I don't know that kind of music or that kind of approach to this music that makes you guys sort of feel like you know one minute, two minute, three minute, we're we're good. We're, we've we've fulfilled yeah. the role of that song. 
Yeah, I think um, you can get a lot. I don't know, and you can get a lot done within three minutes. And I think we're we're in, we've always liked like grindcore bands and power violence bands as well. So I guess it's kind of similar to that. I um I wouldn't probably personally like to listen to a screamo song that goes for longer than three minutes. I can't really think of many bands that I listen to or am a fan of that have songs that go for that. I guess it's just a, a stylistic thing. Um, I think structure, structurally it needs – it'll just end up being like that anyway, like it needs to be – it will always just be under like three minutes anyway. If we just have a, like parts, we're not like a you know chorus verse chorus band or anything like that. I guess so. Like structures and things like that don't really apply. But it's just when we kind of when we feel if we feel like a part's um, boring, we or something or like we just we're kind of just trimming the fat and getting the the point across quicker. So. One thing that's kind of interesting as well, the fact that you um, haven't been the, the main vocalist, what I, I found really interesting, cause the next question I'm going to ask, you've received lyrical credits for, I think it was at least the last EP, or maybe the split it was, mm-hmm. um, and you also were you know, lyrical credits as well as Shane for the album. Talk a little bit about why you've taken that role. Um. Uh, <laughs> I think maybe I just had things I wanted to write about. It wasn't necessarily, um, I was just, well, Ben, Ben had, Ben and myself before Shiny joined were the, the main lyric, lyric writers, um, for it. I guess we were just, I, I, I personally felt comfortable with writing, writing lyrics for the band as I do enjoy writing lyrics, um, I know. I guess I was just the one that was doing it. <laughs> mm. How do you go about? I know, especially with this music kind of being um, like personal sort of way. How do you go about yeah. writing that for someone else? Um, I th- yeah. I guess it is. They are personal songs, but being we're we're a band of very you know, close friends. We've all known each other since we were in teenagers, but we were teenagers, essentially. Like, um, I, I, I don't want the songs to be limit. I guess like limited to just my, I want it to be open to, for other people to like interpret or whatever, but I do have my own like meanings or like when I read the lyrics that I've, I've created, I know, what it's about and stuff like and what it's about and specifically and I remember everything but um I think Liam, like Liam was I was I was capable of writing lyrics and lyric and Liam was capable of playing guitar and doing the vocals so that's that's why he was doing the vocal role um in, in sort of more generally how do you, how do you approach the lyrics like what do you, what do you what what is your process what what kind of things are you interested uh, in where where are you drawing it from uh i guess they're quite intro, introspective songs and i guess it's um from um social social kind of things within my own interactions with people that i have relationships with or um i guess it's yeah a lot of introspective things and like looking back 
looking back on um, just experiences that I've had through life, I wouldn't say we're not like a political band or anything. Uh, with my writing process of creating lyrics, I'll try and just find, I'll try and make like one, get like one line and then um, base a song around that and then try and reference it later in the song to link everything together. We write, we write the lyrics separately to the songs as well. So we just, at the end, once we have the music recorded, we just look at what lyrics we have and then place it to the song. Mm, that's interesting. How, how do you go about linking them up? Uh, we, well, yeah, once everything's recorded, we just have it, you know, each of us will have the lyrics on a bit of, a bit of um, paper or on our phones and then we'll sit there listening to it and kind of, um, sometimes we'll get, we'll have shiny just go just we'll hit record and just be like, I try whatever. And then just let it, let the recording roll. And if she does anything that's cool, we'll just be like, Oh yeah, thumbs up. That was good. Um, or if it's, we really need to kind of, um, all get together and really work it out. We'll kind of just talk the words over the song while we listen to it to get the phrasing and stuff like that. And then I guess like maybe add lines if something's missing or delete lines but then if we have some, yeah, there's a bit of editing why, why we have to do it. So um, there is some, I guess, like adding, adding to lines on, adding to the song, the song's lyrics on the spot while we're trying to place it to the song. So you recorded a mix with uh, your guitarist, Liam. Talk a little yep. bit about how that went. Was that kind of a, I imagine because he has his own studio, I think he does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's had, he's been recording bands, um, I think pretty much since, since we, since 20, 2014, I think, or 2015, um, we did drums out in a recording studio in Mwoolambar, just like did two, two days on drums out there. And then everything else was done at, at Liam's recording studio, which is in Corumban, um, I mean, it's it's really great having someone in the band that um, really know that knows how to record. It really helps um, when we're when, you know when we're creating. We, our jam space could be at Liam, so we'll actually be writing where we're going to be recording and practicing the songs where we're recording, which is really really good. I think Liam's um, Liam's really good at what he does. He's a fantastic. Um, engineer and um he's the only i think he's the only person i've ever worked with with recording and um like i said it helps the band a lot not having to to um pay someone else to record our songs or record our music it's just liam's just the guy for it because he's in the band so Mm, definitely now why did you choose the particular title um there were so I think some of the songs, in particular the the ones that Shiny has written, uh, they they have some things of themes of like she, I think she said like maybe sleep paralysis stuff, and there's a lot of things that are maybe about uh, like dreams and things like that. And I think there's a there's a line in one of the songs, um, I can't remember the full line, but I think it just says re- residue of dreams, and 
I think Ben, we're, we're trying to come up with a with a, like the album name by like reading the lyrics and trying to find something that sticks out or try and think think of something. But that was just that that word seemed to really fit in with 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 the lyrics and everything. Being your drummer did the artwork. Talk a little bit about that process and what you guys were aiming for. I I've I've, I've heard him talk about this before. I think he he wanted to do something that was um that was simple but um not I don't know, sim- simple but not too simple but captivating he may have said um and i think he source he just sourced the image from there's i think there's a website that he that he uses for like free images and then he he will he normally will edit edit an image and um so it just fits in with like a the the cover. He won't just copy the thing. He'll kind of tweak it and things like that. Moving on to you guys playing live, we mentioned uh, at the top of the show um, the numerous shows you're doing. Talk a little bit about um, like that experience for you. Uh, like the shows um, that we recently done, like the tour that we just did for the album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or our tour, yeah. Uh, well, our our tour that we done just like last week, we did them uh, split over the weekends. Um, that was. That was really fun. It had, I think it'd been a, we didn't we had been about a year or so without touring, so just touring after the album being out was yeah that was a good experience. I think the crowds were a, a bit bigger this time, and we still had people that um, like our friends that always always will come out and see us. Um, the Melbourne the Melbourne show in particular at the Borough was probably the hottest show we've ever played. I think I I don't know. When we're, I think when we were in Melbourne, it might have been like 30 degrees at night, and the floor was just – it was like a puddle of sweat. It was pretty gross. But that that was a pretty memorable show. That was fun. And um, Sydney just last weekend was quite good. 
Um, I really enjoyed that show. Um, the yeah, it was a it was a a good tour. I'm glad that we're we're keeping busy and we've got that tour next month as well with Pagan. Yeah, so this is sort of me. I don't know maybe I've missed it, or maybe uh, the information is out there. I, I was wondering, are you in Empress, or is that one of the other members of the band? No, that's that is um, Julian and Ben. Mm, that's mm. Um, and our drummer, and then Julian, our guitarist. That's their other band. Yeah. All right. My bad. Cut that question. <laughs> oh, you can. It, I, I'm close friends with them. If you want to ask anything, I might not, but <laughs> no, I was just, I was going to have a general like, Hey, you're in this other band. Talk a little bit about it. No, that's all uh, right. That's right. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd still like, like to, you know, uh, promote, promote them whenever I can. Cause they're, they're an excellent band. Um, like Liam, Liam recorded the new album that's coming out and, um, for them. And, um, it's, yeah, they, they have a great lineup. They're fantastic musicians. And I think that, yeah, the album that they're coming out is is sounding really good. The recording's finished, and um, I think it's just getting mixed and mastered at the moment. But that that should be a very good release. What what is the scene like in the Gold Coast? I don't think I've interviewed too many bands from the Gold Coast. For in kind of the late late two thousands, it was it was really good. I would almost say it was to me. It, it might have been the best. I think it could have been the best scene in Australia. It was, um, it was pretty solid. Um, shows are like Shed Five and Expressive Grounds in the early, um, I mean the late late two thousands, like two thousand and eight to two thousand and ten. Um, Gold Coast was excellent for music. Now, um, probably the last three or four years, it had just been shocking. It was just dead. There weren't many bands because there wasn't like a venue or or anything to play for hardcore bands or bands that sound like us but now it's a it's a bit it's a bit better for us there's a venue called Vinny's at Southport which is um just putting putting on um good shows and it's a you know small capacity venue so that's kind of um been a saving thing for it I think there's always there's always been little like bands around and stuff but I think at the moment within um within the kind of circle of friends that will play music at, um, at Ben's Ben's shed. Um, that's really bringing out good music. Like there's my band blind girls and there's Empress and then there's, uh, also Sam, Sam Haven. Um, those, I think that's, that's kind of the main people involved in gold coast music at the moment. I want to finish off with a couple of more personal questions about you. Sure. When did you kind of get into this broad category of music? Um, well, I grew up going to shows at, uh, I think around 2008 when I was still in high school, just at like Byron, going to shows like Byron Bay and like Shed Five and Expressive Grounds on the Gold, on the Gold Coast. Um, I'd always listened to like punk punk bands. Um, I kind of got into punk music from uh, like skateboarding movies and like surfing movies and like the Tony Hawk games. Um, they were pretty key in getting like my first kind of taste on like punk music and things like that. And then um, 
yeah, when I was in high school, I found out that there was um, just shows at Byron Bay and the Gold Coast from from a friend. And I guess um, with the internet internet coming in, um, it made it accessible to find um, independent music in mm. the in the late two thousands. Yeah. When, when did you start playing bass, and why did you stick with it? I originally started playing just guitar at school. I wasn't I wasn't very good. I didn't have lessons or anything. But when I started kind of actually listening to music, I noticed. Um, I think I just heard like a riff in a song, and it was a the bass riff, and that was that stuck out to me. And I think I just asked my friend, "Oh, is that is that what guitar is that? Is that bass?" And then I said. Um, yeah, that's just when I noticed it, I thought it was a cool, um, a cool sound. And to me, when I started, started playing, um, bass, it just seemed to, it, it was just easier <laughs> and, um, I just gravitated to that role, I guess. Mm. Um, I've never played guitar, but bass just seems to be for me. Do you have any uh, bands or projects that you're involved with? Uh, I'm writing some music by myself at the moment. And just yesterday I had uh, my f- a new band that I'm doing, which is kind of like post-punk sounding, kind of like um, like Interpol and the um, Blitz record, Second Empire Justice, and kind of like the Cure pornography album. Those are, that's kind of the sound. I kind of want to want to make. Um, so we just had our first band practice for that yesterday. But Blind Girls has always been uh, my main my main band, and I'm that's that's just been yeah my main band. Mm-hmm. And final question: Are there any uh, is there any anything you're listening to, reading, watching lately? Um. In terms of screamo music, I really like the new um, Ghost Spirit and Frail Hand Split. Um, um, some music that my friend Nick has shown me. I can't remember the name. Um, but I recently watching. I recently finished watching um, the new Motley Crue movie, The Dirt, which was pretty. It was pretty good. It was a bit cheesy, but. It was pretty cool, pretty extreme. Um, I don't think I'm reading anything at the moment. Um, but yeah, just, yeah, the Motley Crue movie was pretty cool.
that was Discarded Pictures. Before that, we heard Exertion, and the first song was Breaths, all from the album Residue by Blind Girls. Thanks again for Mark for chatting to me. Before I leave you, I want to give a recommendation. This is a new one. This is an old one, but one of kind of my all-time... I don't know, it's difficult to say favourites because there's so many albums, but kind of one of the all-time albums that kind of sticks in my head. And it came back into my head this week, which is why I'm going to recommend it. There was a band called Genghis Tron back in the mid to late 2000s. Unfortunately, they haven't released anything since the album I'm going to recommend to you, but um, I think it's a good one. So they came from this sort of weird novelty scene. There are a couple that just kind of cropped up. It was called Cybergrind, and it was basically electronic drums, very poorly synthesized electronic guitars. I guess you could say it was grindcore, but not really. It really lacked that punk, hardcore spirit. It was more just screaming to obnoxious, shitty... um, whatever the person kind of made, which was short, which I guess was why they called it Grind. But one of the bands which is sort of part of this, vaguely part of this scene, I, you know, I would, would kind of consider them a, a cybergrind band, but really they're so far above the rest of them, it kind of doesn't apply to them, were Genghis Tron. Because they saw that and they, they took the approach of electronics and grindcore or power violence or whatever kind of short musical moniker you want to apply to it. And they actually made it really interesting, including, you know, all kind of different influences, including some Doom, some IDM, drawing influence from various kind of electronic genres, singing, screaming, melodious um, synthesizers, um, harsh guitars, all that sort of stuff. Um, I, I think it really makes for an incredible album. And yeah, I'm, I'm very sad that they haven't released one since. Who knows if they could, you know, follow up appropriately. But it would have been nice to hear them try. But regardless, Port Up The House, I recommend you check it out. As always, you can catch me on social media, OzHunger, that's A-U-S Hunger, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you can send me an email, australianhunger at gmail.com. Any comments, questions, if you're interested in an interview, maybe we can set something up. That's all I've got for this week. Thanks for listening, um, and I'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye.